0: Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC.
1: Hello there. This is like episode 97. And yeah, I'm kind of startled that's a lot. Don't even think I can count that high. But apparently I can, because I just did. Anyway, so, episode 97 of F.I. Goes PC. Yeah, and as always, I'm your host, Rebel Zen, a.k.a. Danny Hale. And uh, I just want to start this whole thing off. Uh, I'm going to allow our producer to rest a bit. She's uh, been busy putting rags around the house to block sunlight for me. Because, as you know, ninjas only come out at night. And what I'm going to say there's a few things I've got to correct? Just a few things. Because I, I listen back to a lot of these episodes and, you know, just when I think I'm getting relatively smart, I realize I'm still stupid. So I have to correct these things for everyone. Just in case you complain. I don't want you to complain. No one leaves any comments. In fact, if you complain through a comment, I'd probably be okay with that. Because it's like getting mail. When you don't get mail, you're very sad. But when you get it too much, you don't like it, see? So you have to have a happy medium. So a couple of corrections I'm going to make is, last week we were talking about Saw and Fast and Furious. Not in any sensible way, we're just talking about it. The director of Saw was James Wan, not Justin Wren. I kind of confused, uh, confused the two names because Justin Lin did Fast and Furious. And James Wan did Fast and Furious 7, as well as Aquaman and Saw. He was the head of Saw, blah, blah, blah. And I merged the two names and came up with Justin Wren, who, by the way, is actually a person. He's a mixed martial artist who uh, has a charity called Fight for the Forgotten. Very cool. You should check him out. So anyway, I merged them two. Two of them are Asian. One of them is not. You, you've figured that out for yourself. So that's one correction. The other correction I wanted to do is a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Suicide Squad film and I was saying how Will Smith was inappropriate for character Deathstroke. That was stupid because Deathstroke, as you all know, uh, is someone else. It was Deadshot, right? He's a mercenary, he's got a gun. The other one's got a katana and basically is the muse for Deadpool. So that's all interesting stuff. And then Idris Elba isn't playing Deadshot, he's playing Bloodsport, as I realised because the new Suicide Squad trailer's out. It's pretty cool. So anyway, I'm doing all this correctional stuff. Uh, I think she's awake now. So I can say hello, Winifred.
0: Hello. How are you doing? Fine, thank you.
1: How's the, how's the rag muffin time? Uh Been putting rags around everywhere. <laughs> I feel like we're in a tribal tent.
0: I like cloths. They're very useful. Yeah,
1: cloths are fine, but you put skins of elk. <laughs> and other things from the forest up. What are you? Cannibal?
0: No. You're a crazy cannibal? No.
1: Are you a cannonball?
0: Cannonball. Yeah, they sink ships. I they don't eat. They ships. don't
1: eat the people after. not afterwards. that heavy. Can you imagine if you merged a cannonball with a cannibal? That would be scary. Actually, that exists. It's in, it's in Mario Brothers. <laughs> I just realised. <laughs> what? That's the thing. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: A cannibal cannonball. Ooh yeah. So I was just telling folks before you're awake, because I know you're awake now, but uh, somewhat awake. <laughs> Hi. Misty-eyed. <sighs> but partially away. I was correcting things. You know how I've got a penchant for saying uh, Meghan Markle,
0: yes, wrong,
1: and I say Meghan Merkel, yes, because I think she's the German.
0: I always correct you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know why. I think it's it's kind of their names are always in the media, especially in Europe. You know, uh, so they both
0: begin with an M.
1: It's it's the Merkel Markle thing
0: and end with a cool. I have a problem with that. <laughs>
1: I also had a problem at the beginning of the coronavirus, calling it Chrome virus or something stupid, and not Crono? getting the Corona, Chromo cro- or Cro, I don't cro- know. Corona. What's mm. the guy in New York? <laughs> the governor, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of mistakes along the way. But you know, this is improv, and I've only got one mind. It's kind of particularly sad when I build myself up as a film student, get totally names wrong and all kinds of stuff wrong. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. Mm. With a sore Fast and Furious link in a ballpark. The other thing that was interesting, i, I got to say, is Mank hadn't won an Oscar yet. No. It was nominated for 10, I think.
0: The Oscars recently. just happened. Oh, how
1: dull were they? <laughs> uh, the Oscars via Zoom meeting, pretty dull.
0: Uh, no, it wasn't this year. That, that was last year.
1: No, they were pretty dull this year. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy about how dull they were.
0: Mm. I think Schwarzenegger
1: went on record saying how dull he thought it all was.
0: I didn't watch it, so You
1: got to get more excitement. You know, but, like, yeah,
0: Mank had ten nominations.
1: Yeah, but didn't win any.
0: It won did it win two, one? I think. So it wasn't wrong. It, yeah, did, yeah, win yeah, it did win Oscars yeah, for something. It was good enough to it, win Oscars. it won Oscars for the uh, yeah.
1: best black and white movie this year. And like less less significant stuff, wasn't it? No. Gary Oldman did uh,
0: because it was Anthony Cinematography Hopkins. Cinematography was one, I believe. Yeah. Um, I forget the other.
1: Well, it's good. I, I really enjoyed it. I actually finished it. The mm. second half. Um, it ends really well. I, I think the whole thing's quite nice. Because I didn't realize until I read the footnotes after I watched it. Because the spoilers. No one yeah. wants to spoil it. Uh, his dad wrote the script. Dave Fincher's dad. Mm. So it was kind of like a aim, an ambition for his dad to get that film made. That's and, cool. And Dave Fincher made it happen. I think his dad passed away before. It. But you know, I thought it was really good. Mm. I think people have been pretty mean about it, uh, in in sense because you know, people suck. <laughs> like vacuum cleaners (laughs) um but basically i i actually think the overall thing is really really good there were some really strong scenes in it three or four scenes were particularly brilliant Mm. really just well done but the anthony hopkins film that sort of dethroned where i thought mank would get awards Mm. looks really intriguing best actor yeah where he's playing a guy with sort of alzheimer's or yeah i've it heard looks, about that one i saw a trailer only because i watched stephen colbert uh who's an american chat show host if you don't know in england mm. america knows mm-hmm. hi america how you doing but basically i watched him interviewing anthony hopkins and a director a french guy and it's based on a play this french director had done as a play right? And oh, then that's cool. converted it to have anthony hopkins play the role in his mind that was he wanted to play the role yeah it was tour de force just from the trailer i saw like Mm. anthony hopkins is one of these actors that you know is always literally one of the best Mm. if you're going to say the best in mount rushmore of actors his name comes up but you forget how good he is because quite often you're now seeing him doing stuff like odin and thor and (laughs) you know and softer roles really but when he does something really serious like that guy's just a tour de force mm-hmm. every time. It's quite incredible. And it's been a long time since we saw him do something that intense, really. yeah. Uh, less commercial and more the film that he's known for doing, really. Like Elephant Man was the film we knew him for. And then, you know, Silence of Lambs yeah. and stuff like
0: that.
1: Lambs are quite silent.
0: Not really. They're pretty noisy. No,
1: the ones in the freezer are really quiet. No. Right? So, I don't say I'm, I'm just saying... <laughs> um so yeah like but we are essentially a tv and film podcast
0: so we have to talk about we never
1: really do but TV when we do talk film. about tv and film
0: you get it wrong i kind of i mess I mess, I mess names up <laughs> i mess it up. Right most of the time yeah well just I'm, too many james and justins i think and what it
1: is is like you know when you try to be entertaining with stuff that you don't because one thing i can't handle when i listen to anyone else's podcast and stuff there's very few people who can tell you about a film Without wrecking it for you.
0: Mm, Yeah. Have you noticed that?
1: Because they'll start going on about like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the ending is this. (laughs) They do that straight. It's like a human problem that we have. Um, Whereas I don't spoil it at all because I've given you the wrong name (laughs) of the director and the characters. So you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. If any of you like DC aficionados, you're going to be like, Deathstroke, what what are you talking about? But you know, I'm not. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I was never really into the comics, I gotta be honest. I think the ultimate impression of Superman for me was Christopher Reeves, still is. Mm. Because as a kid, like that that was such a perfect
0: film iconic. to grow
1: up with. Yeah. You know, um, he was really just kind of a special dude, that guy. Mm. You know, you can't ignore how incredible that dude was in life, you know. We had so many sort of iconic things back in those times, you know. But the one thing I will say is where they took it, like Zack Snyder and where they took the Superman stuff, I actually do like that a lot. There was time, like Man of Steel had moments in it that were like Oscar winning worthy. Like Mm -hmm. Russell Crowe elements with the interactions with Henry Cavill were amazing. The General's Odd stuff kind of ruined it for me, I'll be honest. And that's the thing about Snyder's stuff. It always feels like there's some really incredible stuff there and then there's stuff that you just, it's too awkward.
0: Mm.
1: Like if The Watchman, you know, The Watchman?
0: Yes. We've seen that together. Yes.
1: That film had the potential to be pretty much an Oscar winning film. Like it, it's got every kind of trope that an Oscar winning film would have. The the visuals were incredible. Mm. There was incredible acting in it. But they kind of ruined it. Mm. Like they ruined it with that long drawn out sort of scene between the two characters in the in a in the, uh, like spaceship, I guess. Mm. <laughs> like they're a little. One helicopter thing uh, I won't ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it but there was a scene it's kind of like a um, romantic scene and it went on too long and it got really awkward to watch mm. that kind of ruined it for me as well as the big blue man Mr. Manhattan CGI got a bit mm. too naked
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> anyway um, great film though yeah. Rorschach especially epic character yeah Zack Snyder's kind of like a half and half for me. Like half of the stuff he does really well and then half the stuff he doesn't. Chris Nolan, perfect. It would have been a really interesting thing for Chris Nolan to take in the helm of all DC stuff, but there's no way he would have.
0: There are a couple Nolan ones that you're not too big a fan of.
1: When Chris Nolan directs his own stuff that is written, I feel like you need a degree in the the source material before you watch it.
0: Mm.
1: Point being, like Interstellar, yeah. Unless you know quantum physics, which how many people go into the cinema have a degree <laughs> in quantum physics, really? You're not gonna really fully get it. It's extremely well done. Yeah. Well presented. But I think what you find is a lot of people come out of that almost like they've gone to NASA and had a presentation of <laughs> like we're gonna land on Mars in six years, and this mm. is the science of how we did it. You know, like it felt like it was more like um you know, like if you go to a kind of observatory and yeah. I have the star show, it yeah. felt more educational than it felt like you're watching a film mm. interstellar. It was really well done.
0: Mm-hmm. I got it, mm.
1: but it kind of, because I, I have a kind of construct of what they're talking about. Yeah, within it, it was string a little theory bit stuff.
0: abstract at some but moments But you, you come me. out of it
1: and you just kind of like, I, I've forgotten that film already. I know yeah. Matthew McConaughey is in it. Yeah. There's a big sandstorm. No, that's
0: true. Like, Michael the visuals are it. amazing, but like, it just didn't impact me, it's, I guess. It,
1: it's sort of two-twee jacket. <laughs> it's kind of more of a conversation that two people with pipes would have in a <laughs> library. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's interstellar. Travel, yes. What a theory that is. Yeah. Mm. What did you think of the Texan guy? Matthew, oh, he's brilliant. Didn't even say all right in the whole film. Anyway, you could do that. The other one's Inception. Which, yeah. as I told you, they filmed on the way to Australia, hence the upside down stuff
0: no. in the
1: uh, yeah in the I fuselage. Liked
0: inception. Well, the inception
1: of it was pretty good, but the there's see this thing: when I first watched that, I wasn't a massive fan of it. Yeah. Because to me, it was a Matrix done by nerds
0: uh.
1: who <laughs> still
0: cool who run like a matrix. botanical
1: gardens <laughs> and have a library. It's always a library. It's like an Oxford institution matrix film but then I, I watched it again more recently uh to see if i if i still knew what the hell was going on mm-hmm. it. and i totally it made total sense this time when mm-hmm. i was in the cinema it was kind of too abstract i, I got it well i kind of kept falling asleep i'll be honest <laughs> there wasn't enough there wasn't enough uh australian fuselage fighting uh, i just kind of fell asleep uh the spinny thing at the end it kind of wraps up mm. it's kind of interesting yeah. um the caprio obviously uh he's kind of wakes up in uh he's in the uh frozen plains of once america and uh, there's a bear that comes out and it's the revenant no, that's, that's that's the sequel to inception
0: <laughs> oh it's totally part of it and then
1: and then he wakes up uh, and he realizes he's on a boat and it's called the Titanic. It's no, all connected. It's that's not. Because th- if you could... In- if, you, if the idea of Inception is if you can interrupt dreams. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. All of DiCaprio's career is basically part of Inception when you think about it.
0: <gasps>
1: See? That, a that's a film made, within a yeah. film
0: within a film.
1: If Tarantino had a finished Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with a spinning top, that mm. would have freaked you out, wouldn't it? <gasps> that
0: When you'd have been actually. like,
1: whoa. <laughs> this is so deep. Anyway, so... <laughs> Inception's the film that keeps on giving, mm-hmm. you know it's connected to the umbrella academy, obviously mm-hmm. The series on Netflix, yeah, it's all connected because shares actors, isn't it Ugh. yeah, because <laughs> Kitty Pride from the x men's in it you know her as Elaine page why well, i don 't know what she goes by this though.
0: Ellen page you mean
1: Ellen Elaine Page is a musical singer <laughs> forget what I'm saying, but what's Ellen on a series though, What's she go by now because yeah, I don't want to she's Eddie or
0: something no because
1: she's going through uh. Fluidity, God bless her, him?
0: Elliot Page. Elliot. yep.
1: Yeah. Elliot Page. Yeah. How things change, Mm-hmm. Eh?
0: mm-hmm.
1: That's actually an interesting, because you know how you go to classic Hollywood and you get these actors that like, like characters, we talked about Marion Davis being connected to Mank and stuff and the significance of who she is in the history of Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm it's kind of interesting in the future because we're in a time where I can only call this kind of an enlightenment phase. I think America's going through. It. I've said that we've all done this in Europe. Okay. We've all done this thing where we've become bitter, cynical, horrific people. We don't have any positivity instead of have a nice day. It's more like, can you stop talking to me? I'm busy. Right? Why are
0: you talking yeah, to why?
1: me? Well, you can tell <laughs> the matrix is American full of possibilities. Very cool. Very chic. I know Kung Fu, <laughs> you know, very that. And then you have Inception. Which is the cynical life version of it.
0: Don't believe you.
1: Everyone, even the kids get shot. You can't (laughs) trust them. You know, Ken Watanabe, who you might know as not Ra's al Ghul in Batman. That confused the hell out of me when I watched that. Yeah, because the whole Batman begins thing, we're stuck in Inception, see? (laughs) Liam Neeson is Ra's al Ghul? Yeah. Bit of a twist. And you think it's Ken Watanabe, but it's actually not. Oh. Yeah. Like in Inception, um, you think Ken Watanabe is important in Inception, but he really isn't.
0: Red Herring?
1: I think it's the same character that found Godzilla as well. (laughs) I think that's all connected.
0: Okay, I'm really confused now. Stop See, that's
1: the problem with Chris Nolan films, is that it's very confusing. Okay. Like, for example, why is the Scarecrow now in a Birmingham gang? What? Like, Chris Nolan's Scarecrow Mm. is now Thomas Shelby in a Peaky Blinders. Mm. I don't get it. It's crazy how films work, isn't it? So anyway, the other film I didn't like that much that he did was Prestige.
0: Mm.
1: It's all well acted and it's all well put together, but it doesn't, like, I think he really did the best work in his career in Batman. I really do. Because the stuff, the decisions he made in that were so correct. Mm. That is, it changed the game.
0: I can agree with that. I Every, yeah. everything else is kind of like some people liked it, some people didn't, but Memento well. was
1: really good. Memento from a filmmaking perspective, because yeah. it cost about 50p and a packet of Skittles yeah. to make it, uh, <laughs> was incredible. I agree. Yeah.
0: That was I uh, that was really iconic for that time. Just as
1: amazing. Well. Just even today you you go back to it. There's certain films that directors when they launch their careers on mm. are so brilliant because They don't have budgets. Like Tarantino, when he did Mm -hmm. Reservoir Dogs, right? There's not enough budget to show you a heist. Mm -hmm. There's not enough budget to show you an extreme set piece with loads of gunfire. So what he does, audio tracks all of it and has the rest of it as a conversation. It's really clever stuff.
0: Yeah, if you haven't watched Memento, go watch it.
1: Yeah, and if you understand it, it's all part of Inception. Super
0: cool.
1: The, (laughs) The end of it, the end of it, right? The end of everything he does... Is explained in Inception.
0: No.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's spinny top. It explains That's everything. how
0: he planned his whole career.
1: I don't think he did. I think his dreams were interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he was meant to do Batman. We're now.
0: all part of his Inception. I think he
1: actually thought a dark knight was like, you know, jousting competition in Camelot. And he completely screwed it all up. Mm. But who knows, man? Honestly, night is usually dark. It's not incorrect. Is mm-hmm. it? hmm Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but we spell night differently in england with a k <laughs> to get more points on scrabble board honestly
0: uh, it
1: gets very confusing of the round table is just a round table in nights yeah
0: it's like a a week of night times
1: night times yeah that's medieval england isn't it night times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like medieval times in florida we <laughs> talked about that anyway so like the of gibberish uh speaking of gibberish The other thing that's happened in the last two weeks, there's two things. I'm going to kind of skip through them. Uh, And one of them, or both of them really, Americans listening or people around the world listening, if you're in Russia or whatever, you got more deep things to worry about, I'm sure, than what I'm about to say. But for people in Britain or or, or around Europe, these are kind of big scandals. I call it Scotland's revenge because Scottish are laughing at all of this stuff. They find it hilarious. Um... Boris Johnson's scandal is: Did he pay for the uh, refurbishment of his flat at Nine Downing Street? They have the bigger flats, mm. I've heard, uh, than ten. Right. Ten, you kind of get a broom cupboard, and that's okay for Theresa May. But Boris, he's in the Blair suite because it okay. hasn't been refurbed since Tony Blair was prime minister, right. which seems like black and white times right now it seems <laughs> so long ago right? yeah uh so you can imagine how the decor was i mean basically tony blair as we all know he refurbed it like a teenage bedroom so it had like train spot which was a film at the time uh four winds of funeral that kind of era all of those posters on his walls really you know? yeah yeah i'm sure yeah and he mm. had like a transformer bedspread and boris was just like I don't want this.
0: This is not my style. Now, like
1: Thundercats. <laughs> so, he's changed it all to be more appealing to Boris, who I do believe is Benjamin Button. Huh? He's the only guy that I've ever seen in his 50s that still has Scandinavian blonde hair.
0: Oh. We usually grow out of that,
1: all this sort of Aryan people. Yeah, we grow out of little that. Little kids age.
0: have very, very blonde hair, and then that kind of changes. Even in as Scandinavia. They
1: grow up. Everyone's got darker hair by the time they're mm. sort of 50. Or mm. it's grey. But he's kept it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> he's not
0: got any grey hair. Boris Button Johnson. Yeah,
1: Benjamin Boris Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's kind of interesting. That's a mm. David Fincher uh, film, Waiting to happen. Okay. It's a sequel. Mm. A British sequel. So a it's British more cultured, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's actually a good film, Benjamin Button. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Pitts is in that. Pits. Yeah, he's a good actor. Once Upon a Time in Bradley Pitts. Mm-hmm. That's a documentary I'm working on. Mm. If he agrees to it. So I think the way, like everyone's, it's a massive scandal, obviously. uh Did he? Did he spend the taxpayers' money on refurbing?
0: He said but, he was going to pay it back. So it's not really. I think thing, he said it? that he
1: paid it himself. Mm. Which, here's the thing, right? And I'm just going to say this to the way you deal with it is you get Kevin McLeod to turn up, Grand Designs. They should have done a series about it. It would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> the inner workings of the Blair suite. Mm. Um, but frankly speaking, I think it's less of a scandal than the far more ignored scandal, which is why are all politicians across the board not furloughed? Why, why do they have a full paycheck mm. when so many of us have lost businesses, you know? That's that's the real scandal, but it, no one's going to, you know, I think a few people have sort of attempted to try and ask that question. Yeah. Piers Morgan, when he was still a celebrity, did that. Now he's in the sin bin because uh, <laughs> he walked out. Uh, you know, it is what it is, man. I just find it all quite benign. Mm. It's very silly. It is. And I know how it would upset, like if I'd lost, say, if I, you know, as a restauranteur or something, I'd lost my restaurant. Yeah. This kind of stuff would it, it just infuriate you. Mm. And I think that's what they're trying to perpetuate, which is really unhealthy because all politicians are guilty of the, the pandemic. Let's be honest. If any politician running any nation would do the same thing. Mm. So it's all one and 100% script. I find it loopy. So my way of tackling with it is just have Grand Designs doing uh, the Boris Johnson special. We all want to see it.
0: We all yeah. want to know our how,
1: Prime Minister more than we
0: How did do. they refurbish it?
1: Who knows? How the the thing that's really almost weird is how many times cause it's been going for hundreds of years down in the street, how many refurbs has there actually been?
0: Is it like does
1: it does the Victorian? walls gradually get like, is it like they just paint over the walls? <laughs> Which means that the walls are gradually caving in on themselves, sort of thing. They're coming forward, like in a couple of hundred years, you're just gonna get like a, a, a box shape. Is that room. a
0: protected, like a listed building? I don't know. Because you need lots of permissions to, to do To me, any I kind feel like
1: I to, honestly I think it's a spaceship. It's just disguised <laughs> as a, a street of houses. <laughs> Wouldn't it be you know how it's a
0: TARDIS? One of
1: the longest running shows in the history of TV shows is a soap opera in the UK called Coronation Street.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wouldn't it be better to do Downing Street as a soap opera? <laughs> You know, like uh, all cameras, uh, like a reality show where you get to see everything that's going on.
0: That would be like, wouldn't that be kind of like our version of the West Wing then? Yeah, which would be
1: hideously boring <laughs> compared <laughs> to... That's why
0: it's not yeah,
1: me. <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's horrendous, you know. Um, I mean, the crown is the closest we'll get, but they've covered the queen, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's done. But Downing Street would be a fascinating exploration. The thing is, that's interesting, is it's nine, not ten. And everyone groups up like it's a camp. So whilst they're in office, all the leading cabinet ministers, they all live in nine. Mm. It would be cool, right, if it was like a rock band. You know, like if yeah. all the politicians were like awesome and they were like really cool and they were doing cool stuff every day, like playing foosball <laughs> or <laughs> air hockey. Or Pac-Man or something. That's not... But you just got the nerdiest dudes in the world. I've, that's the thing that's world-class about our politics. We've got the nerdiest people in our politics. These mm. are all... Like, I think it's predetermined. Like, in America, you have to have charisma. Yeah. You have to have a lot of rich friends, let's face it. You have to have <laughs> a lot of uh, business allies who are in really cool hip tech companies.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, Elon Musk.
0: You have to be friends with Elon you got, Musk. You've got to be
1: friends with Elon <laughs> Musk. I insist it. <laughs> you know uh but in the uk the only prerequisite you have to be a member of parliament is hark back to when you're in school and you pick for sports and it's like you've got you you got your two captains are the most suave people in the world at this point when you're a kid
0: mm.
1: they're the captains and they pick in the teams yeah and no one wants the fat kid Unless he's a goalkeeper, you want him to be a goalkeeper because chances are he'll save more stuff because he's bigger. (laughs) But the ones that literally are no good at sport, like you you could just tell. Like, you know, in evolution, these guys were meant to be uh, holding calculators. Sure. Not playing football, right? Mm -hmm. And no offense to them, everyone's different and everyone's got their superpower. But our MPs' prerequisite is that they have to be picked last in sport. I'm, I'm certain of it.
0: Yeah, I don't think you really Prince Charles... Had a sporty, cool...
1: Well, think of it. Prince Charles is a freaking jock compared to anyone in our parliament. <laughs> the dude is a polo player. And he is like the English equivalent of Tom Brady. <gasps> right? If you go in proper English, yeah. like croquet and, and polo... Croquet. That guy's a master of it, this right? It makes me
0: think of Alice in Wonderland.
1: But it's like it's just so funny because like everyone is that. Mm. So I think the thing we all want to know is... You know, like the real world or even better than the real world... UFC training camps when they do the Ultimate Fight and Championship reality TV show. If you don't know what that is, it's basically Conor McGregor will... For example, it's not always Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor, who we all know, right? Or some of us have heard of. <laughs> and if we, you've heard of him and you don't know who I'm talking about, you're obviously an MP. Well done. <laughs> Conor McGregor, who's like world champion, you know, mm. three, four times, do weight classes. Absolute charismatic superstar. He has to train a team of fighters and then he'll go opposite, say, Khabib. And he'll have to train a bunch of fighters. And there's a reality TV show called mm. The Ultimate Fighter, where you live in the dormitories whilst the training camps are happening, and yeah. it's like all the drama. And then you see all the training in in a club, and then the actual competition ends with the tournament fight between the two camps. You see, so right. the five guys Connor's got go against the five guys Khabib's yeah, got, sure. right? This is just an example. Now that, that's the whole thing. UFC does because right. the actual UFC pay per view is not that. The UFC pay per views heats like boxing. It's a mm-hmm. whole thing. This is something special that the UFC did. A bit like Tough Enough with wrestling. Yeah, did, did something similar. Yeah, um, which is hilarious because wrestling is all scripted and kind of TV show drama <laughs> yeah. to make it an official sport kind of reality show with a knockout competition seems totally right but USC is kind of all legitimate so as close as you get to the sport mm. seeing how it works it's quite incredible so anyway imagine that Downing Street 24-7 with Michael Gove living there Boris Johnson all the guys uh, imagine how dull mm. that reality TV show is.
0: As the producer I would probably say can we recast this
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I I I just can't imagine, and and the fact that this is so scandalous, like I also don't understand how you spend two hundred thousand pounds to refurbish a flat. Yeah, I really don't. Apart from the fact that it's London prices.
0: Yeah, that's true. London is ludicrous.
1: Yeah, it's like crazy. But how? That's that's some going that is. Change the whole kitchen. It's kind of weird, man.
0: Have all of the gadgets. But the thing that's Everything really is well, I don't even know. Like I, I
1: I truly don't know if Boris Johnson knows what a gadget is. I'm fairly sure he struggles with a toaster, I'm going to be honest.
0: But his hair is like an antenna.
1: His hair
0: <laughs> it must be linked to something. His hair is
1: a myth. It's still Scandinavian blonde. I think he had jet black hair when he was born and Can he just did it all in Can someone send reverse. him
0: a comb for his birthday, please?
1: It get lost. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, Anyway, enough sort of scandaling uh, our Prime Minister. All I'm going to say is, like, to wrap that conversation up, is, A, I don't know how much you need to spend on refurbing an apartment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's completely not It's not
0: even his.
1: No, and B, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, if you think about America for a second, every time a president goes into the White House, the whole thing's refurbed. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's part of the cost. So, Maybe we have a law here, I don't even know, that there is a refurb budget mm. because you've got to stay in that yeah. place comfortably with your family or whatever mm. for the duration of your term, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm. why, where's the scandal really? You know, it's usually going to come from taxpayers' money, mm. newsflash. Yeah. I, it just seems really weird, but it should be a reality TV show. How Boris <laughs> refurbs Downing Street. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Down with my homie. That's what it should be called. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. It's good, right? Uh, The other thing that I want to skip, because this is really controversial, and this is just equally as boring. In fact, it's scandalous how boring this thing is. Mm -hmm. There's a thing called the Super League. Have you heard of it?
0: Yeah, I heard of it for like five minutes, and then it disappeared.
1: Yeah, which was my prediction. Pretty much. It was news about a year ago. Right. That Real Madrid's president, el presidente Real Madrid, was uh, <laughs> he had he came up with this amazing concept, right? It's kind of the sort of concept that you see on the back of a cornflake packet, mm. where you go right. You know when you're collecting player cards, yeah. like baseball, whatever it is, and you yeah. you have it with football Collectors. here, real football, not the NFL football, which is not football league in America, mm. the non-football league because <laughs> it's not football, it's something else. <laughs> It's, hey, catch and gain <laughs> territory. It's that. It's mm. not football. Okay. That's why it's called the Not Football League, right? <laughs> Everyone knows that, right? <laughs> well, they should. So, okay. So going back, so you're collecting players and you've got all the cards, yes. right? And you've got a nice sticker album. That's mm. what you do, right? Mm-hmm. The Super League is the league of that. Let's just take all the teams that we've heard of that sell merchandise from Botswana to Thailand and stick them in a league. Mm. No one knows anything about it more than that. That's, that's all we know. We don't know the format. We know that there's 12 teams. All of these teams are the ones that you always see. If you go to Spain, Southern Spain, or if you go to Thailand, as I pre-mentioned, or if you go to the Philippines, or even if you go to California, you will see these team shirts hanging Blatantly ripped off, probably made in China. Yeah. <laughs> which most kits are probably made in China, ironically, if they're official. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point is, you'll see these things in these places, right? So all yeah, of anywhere. these are the ones that have fake shirts in exotic countries. That's what I'd call the biggest teams of all time. If you're big enough to have your t-shirt knocked off and sold at a beach hut, mm-hmm. In uh, Timbuktu, yeah. you are one of the 12 teams that I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> and that's how
1: they've organized this <laughs> yeah. thing. It's literally like you don't know anything about football, but you've heard of Real Madrid. You know Barcelona. Yeah. You don't know that there's a city called Barcelona, but you know there's a football team called Barcelona, right? Mm-hmm. Or you, you're waiting in line in Los Angeles to get the new FIFA at the midnight launch, which I have personally done. Mm-hmm. And the only people there are Mexican because they're the only people in America that know anything about football. Mm. The rest only know about not football league. Soccer. No, not football league. They only know that. Major League Sucker Punch is MLS. (laughs) That's a whole different thing. That should be called Mexican League Supremo. That's what it should be called. MLS because most of the players are Latin. (laughs) I've got to be honest. (laughs) Or English or from Europe that have gone there to retire. Strange. Uh, but the point is.
0: So you're in line to get FIFA with a bunch of Mexicans.
1: Yeah, and they've heard of. They, they will have heard of Liverpool. Yeah. And Man United and Chelsea and Arsenal. And, but the rest of Americans have only just found out about this thing because okay. Grand Theft Auto talks about it <laughs> on the radio as a parody. Uh, no, I'm sure. It, uh, without controversy, people know. Yeah. But Americans are bored because it's. They it's, don't it's, care. No, most Americans will be like, there's nothing wrong with that. Why not have a super league? Sounds super, right? Yeah, because it's all positives and yeah. there's a lot of money involved and mm-hmm. tons of sponsorship. Yay. But the the fans or supporters in the UK or throughout Europe, this is a huge scandal, big scandal, because our leagues are all filled out anyway, and we're fed up of like extra competitions that ruin our competitions. The actual sort of domestic league would suffer. It's almost like if the NFL did a kind of World Cup pre-season mm-hmm. or within their season, I should say. So you got normal football and you're building up to get the Super Bowl yep. in America. It's not football, but you know what I'm saying, the NFL. you there, you're trying to get to the end with the Super Bowl. You know, that's your goal. Mm-hmm. And then mid-season, you got to go to you Italy go and, do, another and competition. Do, do a world competition in Italy. And then you go back to America and continue season.
0: Yeah,
1: That's what it's like. If you have the Super League, mm. right? Apparently, mm. we don't know anything about it. To me, it literally seems like you're reading a pack of cornflakes, and on the back, it's one of these collectible card games where you get 12 teams mm. and you got to collect all the teams via having a pack of cornflakes. It's literally a commercial thing. I don't get it. No one gets it. No one's got any information. No so, one liked it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been the most insane. Blown out of proportion, scandalous thing here in the UK. I think we've seen unilaterally. Yeah, it was Apart from the anti-lockdown protests. Pretty
0: rageful for like 24 hours.
1: Yeah, and And then all all of our teams sort of uh, dispersed from the construct and all of this stuff. But here's the thing that I want to say about it, because I was going to skip through. I don't really need to translate it. But the information we have, which is why everyone's gone completely ballistic about it, is 12 teams, always going to be 12 teams, and they can get a massive cash payment, and it's a huge, just a rich man's league.
0: Mm. It's basically for you like, she-
1: shakes in, you know, Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, and all this stuff, to probably lay bets on. We, that, that's the construct that we're being presented. But what if, <laughs> and this is me just doing controversial journalist thing, what if it was actually a league construct where you get promoted from the Premier League, into a European Super League, which say makes the Premier League a lot more uh, competitive, the league are a lot more competitive because basically it's adding another tier to the league structures. What if it was that? Yeah. What if it was like so? The top six teams of the UK League get promoted into a Super League, right, and so then like the top the, six the the cream of the Bundesliga. Yeah, exactly, and they go into the thing, yeah. and it's another tier. Sure. So you got the Championship, the Premier. The Super League. What Mm. if it was that?
0: Mm.
1: We won't know. We won't know because no one allowed any information to get past. We just reacted. And the reason that's funny to me and uh, it is funny is because we've lost the ability to gain information. Right? So it's almost like a case where people decide this thing is bad and everyone rallies and thinks this is bad Mm -hmm. without knowing anything about it. So if I turn around to you and said, hey, you know a banana can kill you, right? Because <gasps> it's shaped like a gun. <laughs> and if you pull a trigger on it, that doesn't exist. But if you did the action, it's like it'll send... And you can't see it because it's a high-frequency laser and our eyes don't pick it up because it's on the ultraviolet spectrum. I'd blow your head off with a banana, right? Now, if I said that and it had some tangible... Some, like, flat-earth theory almost, mm. this is... It rallies around and everyone suddenly becomes, oh, bananas are super dangerous, right? Yeah. This is the kind of power that's happening in the propaganda techniques of the world. Sure. We're not rationalizing a thing anymore. And pundits, to me, are becoming journalists almost. Mm. I guess they're they're commentating on football, so their job is kind of journalistic. It it is, yeah. But they're becoming flat-out journalists. In fact, I'll tell you the one respectful thing that has come out of all this nonsense of the Super League, which was a 24-hour news-covered story, and that was it Canceled. at best. Exactly. <laughs> um, and a supreme effort to cancel it, which mm. I can only say, well done, everyone involved. I, mm. I, I slept through most of it. <laughs> it was really not that long. Uh, but basically, the good thing that came out of this was one guy said, I won't name him, uh, mostly because I don't know his name, and I'm... <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But he's an ex-footballer who's commenting, I think it was on Match of the Day or something like this. I probably Mm. got that wrong. But he said, it's amazing to me that the amount of effort that's gone into this whole kill the Super League thing, the same amount of energy couldn't be put to rule racism out of football. Mm. And you know, that's the most powerful point this whole thing had. Because everything else is just witch hunting and blame games. And you got to hate the successful clubs in England now. You know, like, hate Man United, hate Man City, hate Liverpool, hate Chelsea, hate Arsenal, Tottenham Hotspur, blah, blah, blah. Hate them because they're corrupt. We're not corrupt. It wasn't the clubs that did it. It wasn't our managers that did it. It was some business transaction. It was basically the guy who runs the company Mm -hmm. getting a workforce to do something they didn't want to do yeah. just to gain money.
0: It was some kind of business plan. It's
1: you know, people are freaking out about losing profit in a year after this pandemic. Of course. So essentially it's this rush to kind of make up without thinking. It's kind of this blindsided, oh that sounds really cool. It's not cool, it's a cornflake tournament, it's a piece of crap.
0: <laughs> right? It, it is a
1: cornflake tournament. <laughs> it sucks uh and and so the club and anyone who is even invested in the sport is like you guys are crazy and that's what's happened but to have the con- the, the the kind of condemning that pundits have had and are throwing the the clubs under the bus that's ridiculous to me mm. stop doing that mm. it's it's unprofessional just because you're jealous because you support bad teams doesn't mean that you have to label our teams as this kind of antichrist thing we're all good thank you very much we've earned our stripes you know So the point is, in this ludicrous thing, the racism argument is really cool. And actually, they've actually done a media-wide blackout. Like, uh, social media football fans are now blacking out for the racism thing. That's really relevant. Um, That's happening now.
0: Cyberbullying.
1: And cyberbullying. But the argument in football is racism. Yeah. Uh, And realistically, like, and I'm just going to say this, right? It's such a mute and stupid point That we're still talking about racism in sports,
0: Mm.
1: it really is kind of crazy to me. Like that—that's even a conversation, you know. Like, there's so much money in the whole anti-racism messaging. It's all over FIFA, the video game. It's—it's over every sport now. You know, the—the Black Lives Matter movement has sort of become—and it's hideous, actually. But it's become a corporate sellout.
0: It's, it's had its—it's it's become its own brand. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. put it
1: this way: it's real up until the point where you see a theme for it on a PlayStation.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Everyone's cashing in on this stuff. It—it's propaganda now. It wasn't. It was yeah. a genuine message.
0: Yeah.
1: And racism in football just doesn't make sense. Race—racism no. in sport doesn't make sense.
0: No.
1: Can you imagine? And I'm just going to say this as a closing thought now, folks. But. We've mentioned this by and large in the past because it's an incredible documentary series, but the Chicago Bulls documentary series on Netflix, which follows Michael Jordan's era in the sport. Can you imagine any person alive capable of being racist to Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen in that era, yeah. Dennis Rodman, when they were untouchables? When you knew you were in the company of greatness, mm-hmm. same with LeBron James, mm-hmm. who could dare to be racist to LeBron James? Yeah. he loved across the board because of success. when you are a successful athlete, racism goes it's just this pack of idiots that ruin it for everybody else, right yeah. and yet the propaganda machine is making it a bigger thing than it. I think it actually is. It's probably two or three or four. Supporters in a year might be thrown out of a club for the actions of racism, Mm. but the majority of them is 100% behind the team, right? Mm. So then the propaganda, money spent on all of this stuff is so significant that it's talking as if it's the majority doing it rather than these six people. I have a remedy for all of this. It's not that hard. Okay. Yeah, you know how you have height measurements for the roller coasters?
0: Yeah.
1: And you can't go on a roller coaster unless you're this height because you... A lot of people think it's kind of because kids will freak it's out. It's a safety thing. It's actually because you'll fall out of the roller coaster, yeah. you know? It's actually a, a physicality thing. Because mm. you can have very short adults, right? Yeah. But the, you still won't be able to get on a ride. It's not a. It's right. not an age thing. It's yeah. a height thing, right? Now, what they should have at all sports uh, stadiums everywhere is an IQ test. And if you're stupid, you're not allowed in the stadium. Do <laughs> okay. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you're... I mean, you've got to be realistic. You can't have just the super smartest people voice football <laughs> games that suddenly have no meaning because <laughs> the football chants would be more like uh, yodeling in different octaves or some kind of really educated. Oh, well, let's do baroque uh, soul chanting for this football match. You know, if you've got the top brass, if you've got nothing but Elon Musk clones in a football stadium, it won't be that, that entertainment. You have to have a level, an intelligence level. But if you set an IQ... uh test like a height restriction Mm -hmm. solve your problems because it's only the idiots the truly benign stupid idiots that have an issue yeah of course alcohol doesn't help does it
0: no definitely (laughs) not
1: but yeah anyway so we've had two weeks of these scandals super scandals mostly in the uk sorry if you're in america you've got a lot of scandals going on i'm sure there's a lot around the world that we we can't cover there's not enough time But, uh, of course, we'll be back in two weeks' time. I do want to say next time, uh, as a footnote, I'd like to start talking about a documentary that you and I watched
0: Mm.
1: about a certain teacher that's an octopus. Because that was a good documentary.
0: And that links back to the beginning of our episode, because it won an Oscar. It did win an Oscar. Mm -hmm. For Best Documentary.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Till next time.
1: Well, well, we'll deal with that more because we we got more time to talk about things that win awards <laughs> next week. I don't know what we'll talk about, but it's definitely going to have an octopus teacher in it. So uh, I bet you can't wait. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care, everyone.